You know, the culture is actually damn good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all at? This is Trafalgar Square. Mr. and Mr. North of South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 Hey, how you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Savian! SportsJourney.com Radio Network is back on the air. What's up, party people? Glad you're with us. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget you can find us both at sportsjourney.com and Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. We are less than three weeks away from the start of training camp in Richmond for the Washington football team. At the time of this recording, we are just past the 4th of July, as noted on the calendar. We got the British Open coming up next week, and then once we crown an Open champion, it will be one week until the Burgundy and Gold is in Richmond to begin training camp. And for well, for all of us, really, fans and reporters alike, it's going to be the first time that we get to see a Ron Rivera training camp up close. Think about that. Uh, you, By the way, you can go to the team's website if you want to go to Richmond for training camp. You can get you a pass there. And the big news is we are going to be there about the Friday and Saturday. That should be the 29th and 30th of July, if we read the calendar right. So uh, look for the first of next month exclusive one-on-one interviews with some of your favorite players on the roster. We are excited for that, uh, and we can't wait to get going. And, hey, just uh, about a week or two after that, it's that first preseason game against the New England Patriots. And since this is the summer series, we got a real treat for you today. Uh, It is one of our faves in the Bob Matthews universe. Rihanna Walker, the athletic, will be joining us here in just a couple of minutes as we get set to preview training camp itself. As a matter of fact, do we have Rhea on the line? We do. Well, in that case, somebody cue the dramatic music. You know what that theme song means? It is time to bring in Washington football insider Rhiannon Walker of The Athletic as we get ready for training camp. How are you, my friend? Well, Bob, how are you doing? I am great. We are three weeks away, less than three weeks away now from training camp, and you and I haven't uh, caught up since, I think, before OTAs. So I actually want to go back and start there. Seeing as how that's the fact, um, what was your impressions of Washington's offseason work up to the point that we saw the last time, you know, they were on the field before before summer break? I think I did a pod. I did do a podcast with John Kahn. We talked about the exact same thing for those. I'm sure who all know John Kahn is the ESPN reporter who covers the team is fantastic person, reporter, Hall of Famer. He's awesome. Um, and so I think when I talked to him, I'm like he asked me what my grade for this offseason would be. I believe I gave an A minus. And I don't do so particularly lightly, obviously. They did spend some money this year, which is fine in my personal opinion. I think it's a good thing to spend money if it's going towards 
either pushing the teams in the direction that you want to go, it fits the personnel, it fits the culture, and for all the people that they brought in, in my personal opinion, that was what it was essentially. I mean, you bring in a guy in Ryan Fitzpatrick who, in theory, with what they have around him, should be able to succeed. And when people were kind of wondering, scratch their head, like, why are you bringing in a 17-year veteran? Well, one of the things he does particularly well is he distributes the ball really well, like he, like a point guard. I mean, he gets everybody involved, so everybody feels like they're really a part of the offense they really contribute. In addition to the fact that for these young receivers, which they have a lot of, they're going to have to grow up because you can't take a break. You can't sit there thinking, if I just run this route, half-assedly like it's going to be okay well no he might be running around scrambling and find you I mean look at his last play as a Miami Dolphin if that doesn't give you any any indication of what this guy is capable of or what he's about to do for this offense considering the weapons they have now in place then I don't know what else to tell you then you get a guy in William Jackson who is a notable press man corner who really did not see a ton of action I believe what there was uh, 10 receptor or 10 throws something like that his way that he defended I can't remember the number off the top of my head the point being is that quarterbacks didn't throw his way very often and there's been that question about the interceptions and he makes the point of well if they don't throw the ball very much I'm not going to have as many opportunities to uh intercept the ball so you know the times that I have I think he had like one two interceptions something like that if I remember correctly he makes a valid point basically he's letting these guys know your your best wide receiver is on an island over here you better throw the ball somewhere else because if you do throw it my way I might do something with that um and now teams will have to decide, do you want to throw it to Kendall Fuller's side or do you want to throw it to William Jackson's side? These are the, the choices they're going to have to make. And also it's something that when you look at it just from a schematical point, he is a press man guy. The team likes to play zone. I am assuming the team is now going to be in a better position to play more man-to-man defense because they have the horses to do it at this point in time. You don't want to do something unless you have the personnel to do it. And right now, Washington has the coaching staff in place as well as the personnel with William Jackson and a few of these other additions. You look at a guy in Benjamin St. Just, um, who was also a big corner, somebody who people say can play a lot of good press man, is learning the ins and outs of zones still. But those are the kind of people that they have now in the ecosystem. Of course, I haven't even talked about Curtis Samuel and what he's going to be able to do for not only for himself in this office, but also taking off a lot of the pressure for Terry McLaurin. You bring in Adam Humphreys, who, if he's able to stay healthy, you know, you might have a really true slot and they could use some, they could use some production in that spot. I mean, you look at what Steven Jackson did his rookie season, those four touchdowns, um, and he took a dip last year. Obviously, he had some injuries, but you want to, across the board, have all kinds of players, all kinds of weapons that teams really just have to think and consider to themselves. Okay, so who do we want to let beat us here? Um, do we want it to be Curtis Samuel? Do we want it to be Terry McLaurin? Do we want it to be Logan Thomas? Uh, maybe Antonio Gibson, who's I was watching getting more into the passing game during OTAs, and I just sat there like, wow, okay, great. So if he adds that to his game, which he was already doing at Memphis, this is going to be kind of scary. And then, of course, you have J.D. McKissick. I continue to go on and on. And then, of course, they get Charles Leno, who gets released by the Chicago Bears, a true left tackle who started since 2015 for the team. I think it was 93 consecutive games. So that's pretty impressive. Um, you move over Cornelius Lucas back to the right side, who was his teammate in Chicago, who played eight. The last time he was with Chicago, he had eight starts there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. I think that they have put a lot of very good pieces in place and not overspent to do so. And that is what championship teams do at their cores, that they find ways to bring in people who are talented, who may not have had as many opportunities on other teams. I think a guy like Logan Thomas is a prime example of that. You see what he did with the amount of reps he got last year. He played all 16 games, played all the snaps. 
me try to find somebody in John Bates who can be a good number two tight end just in case anything happens, which I think was very smart on their on their end. Um, you see maybe if Ricky Seals Jones can possibly add something there as well too, or like a, to Mark Hemingway or Hemingway could do something in that regard, maybe as a number three tight end. Um, just overall, this is a very well-built team. And defensively, you didn't, I don't think you lost anything. I mean, you got a guy in Bobby McCain who had four interceptions during OTAs. I mean, if, if for goodness sake, if they were able to get anything from the free safety spot after years and years of not necessarily having any consistency there, um, that would be exceptional. That would really probably be one of the last pieces on the defense is that free safety spot because you have options at strong safety. You've got options at cornerback. Um, you know what the defensive line looks like. My God, help you if you're an offensive lineman playing against this team. Um, and I don't mean that by – I mean, just look at who's on the defensive line and then look at who's the backups. It's not right. really fair, the amount of stackness they have there at that particular spot. It, they, just, they can hit you in waves. So you've got a defense that clearly showed they'll give you the ball. Now you have an offense that looks like they might be able to put some points on the board consistently. Um, <clears throat> I think – I think the quiet hype that is around this team is very much justified. And that's why long answer to your question, I gave them an A for the off season because you didn't have to overspend to get what you needed. You replaced a guy in Ronald Darby, who was a very good number two corner last year and went over to Denver. He signed that contract. You bring in a guy who unanimously is considered the better quarterback in William Jackson. Um, it, I mean, it's just, it's impressive. It really is impressive. And a lot of it goes down to, you know, talk to Charles Leno, you talk to William Jackson, and what do they keep saying? We wanted to come play for coach Ron Rivera. And uh, we've heard great things about him. We've seen what he's done. And honestly, I'm excited to get to training camp because I'm going to finally get to see what a Ron Rivera training camp looks like in flesh. I, I, exactly. No, me too. I can't wait to get up to Richmond. Something that you mentioned uh, that I think a lot of people overlook you especially on the you said said it about the defensive line and I think you can say it about the offensive line too but I think it's roster wide and that's depth you know in the past it seems like you know starters looked good but it was always well if they stay healthy if they stay healthy this team looks like it's built to withstand a couple of injuries in key positions and not unravel that is correct and that's something that Ron and his staff talks about your team is only as good as the depth that you have behind the starters and I think that's a very true statement I mean you could look at what's happening look at what's happening in the NBA look at the teams that are playing in the finals right now what do they have depth because a lot of these teams had a lot of injuries I mean you could look at the Lakers you could look at the Mets and I know this is basketball but sports are sports at the end of the day it's the same general concept beyond your starting five beyond your starting 11 who you have behind those people that if those players get injured would be able to hold the fort down in the time being until they get back, or if they aren't able to get back for that season, are they capably able to handle it? Last year, you saw when Landon Collins went down, Cam Curl did, he exceeded. He didn't just fill the hole. He overflowed the hole that was left by Landon Collins being there. I mean, Landon Collins, if I remember correctly, had like nine missed tackles, which was third most at the time. Cam Curl had three interceptions as a rookie. He had, I think he had five passes, excuse me, he had five tackles for a loss, which is matching Landon Collins as well too. Um, yeah, I think he had two sacks as well last season. So, I mean, he completely supplemented Landon Collins to the point where we're having a conversation like, so is there a real competition happening at strong safety? Because it, if this is a meritocracy, then there should be, without right. question. Less expensive, much, in this situation, more productive last season because they basically split the season starting-wise. Mm -hmm. um, player, but you have that contract, $12.5 guaranteed to Landon right now that you just – you know, you want, you certainly want the guy that you're paying that kind of money to, to be the guy 
but at some level, I mean, I've said this since last season, Cam Curl deserves that that level of attention where that level of consideration for starting just because of how he played. He doesn't talk very much, but he goes out and he performs. He has that interception for a return last year, if you remember in San Francisco, when mm-hmm. Chase that fumble return for a touchdown. And that's what won them the game. I think that was the first time since 1992 when Minnesota did the same thing where no offensive scores were made, but the team still won the game because of some defensive scores. Um, this team has depth. The offensive line certainly does. The defensive line definitely does. The cornerback room most certainly does. Safeties are also stacked wide receivers. You have some questions there, I think, a little bit more. But, I mean, you have Cam Sims. You have some rookies. You have some young players. So, one could argue you have that there. At quarterback, you certainly have some depth there as well, too. All three guys started games last season. So, I mean, and some people think Taylor Heineke should be the starter. So, in that regard, you definitely do. Um, You know, at running back, you might want a little bit of juice there. But you definitely, J.D. McKissick, um, you know, Peyton Barber is not Antonio Gibson, but like he will get you those hard yards and, you know, if you need it to so have it. The only place on this team where they don't have great depth, in my personal opinion, is the linebackers. That's the only group where I sit there wondering, Oof, if someone gets injured, what will happen? And it's only at some level, I say this only because I don't know what David Mayo is going to do. Um, or some of the other guys, like, you know, Klee Hudson had some defensive snaps, but he was mostly on special teams. Well, you don't know. They might surprise you. So from what I know last year, I don't really see them having too much depth there. But again, that could change based on what we see in training camp, based on what we see in the preseason, which we have this year, thank goodness, because I think that especially for some of these young guys and players that like are trying to get back into the mix of things, um, that'll be extremely beneficial. But yeah, this team, literally, I, I mean, I just named every single position on the team. And where is their <laughs> right. linebacker? Really, I mean, I can name the second level of all these of all these players. And I mean, these are guys that might be able to start in some of these other teams and not bad teams and some of these, you know, mid to pretty good teams. They would be able to start for them. So all that being said, uh, you know, do you think that obviously this team takes a step up uh, in weight class this year because it's got a first place schedule? So I guess the big question is, how does all that translate into playing the better teams, uh, you know, in, in the NFL and specifically, you know, defending against the better quarterbacks instead of the, uh, the what, Carter Finley's and, and Andy Dalton's of the world, they're going to get presumably the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and, and Pat Mahomes and those guys. Well, they are going to get those guys. And that's the right. beautiful thing about it is that, um, well, actually they won't get Tom Brady because, Oh no, that's not true. They, they got will. Tampa again this that's year. Right. They got the NFC. Oh, wow. This is like my fresh, my, wow. Well, I was going to say my freshman year, my covering <laughs> the team. Wow. We are going to run it all. Um, wow. This is going to be fun. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm enthralled by this because the thing is, is that as a team who thinks, and as a team who some people think has the possibility of making Super Bowl, and that is some of the conversation, just like when you look at like some of the chatter, I think this team is very well, built. I think this team is built to re re I'm sorry to, to repeat. Yeah. This team is, is, built to go back and repeat as the NFC East champion bare minimum. But this is a thing. You don't want the softball competition because that's not really going to prepare you for the teams that they're going to play this year. I mean, going to Pittsburgh last year, winning at Hinesville for the first time since Hinesville was erected was huge. That was extremely important for them because it gives them the confidence later on in the season to do some of the other things that they did to compete in places where they didn't expect them to compete. Um, or to challenge other teams. So you need that. This year, you're going to play the Buffalo Bills. You're going to play Tampa Bay. You're going to play, well, the New Orleans Saints don't have Drew Brees, but they're still the New Orleans Saints, and Sean Payne is still their coach. They're going to be a well-coached team regardless. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you have to play Kansas City. I just thought 
then. You have to play the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Yeah, the Los Angeles Chargers in the first game of the season. Um, this isn't going to be easy, but I don't think that that's the way that they would want it either way if you really think about it. Um, you want, again, you want to play these teams who are the best of their conference, or excuse me, are the best of their division, the best of their conference, because truly that's going to show you how do we stack up against the best teams? Because, you know, the Buffalo Bills were just taking a deep run to the playoffs last year. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. Um, that's the, if you can beat those teams, I mean, they competed against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. They competed against Tampa Bay better than any other team that competed against them in the playoffs last year. That's mm-hmm. a very good measuring stick. And that's with a lot of the injuries that they had. And that's with the guy who was the four starting quarterback they had last season. Imagine if you had the same starter all year long. Think about it. I mean, just they should be excited. It, as I mean, Bobby played sports. You don't get excited about playing the teams you know you can beat. I mean, you don't want to fall into the trap of losing to these teams, but you get excited about playing those extremely good teams that you know are going to challenge you because the truth of the matter is is that any athlete knows, any person who's ever played sports knows that you only get better playing people that are better than you because they will show you your warts, your faults, and where you need to get better so that the next time you see them, hopefully you correct those things and it's a more competitive game. Matter of fact, I just, I'm just writing a story about Benjamin St. Juice, and one of the things that his coach talked to me about was that there was a point where he would play Rashad Bateman. Yes, they were teammates for two years. He would go rep for, he would go rep for rep with Rashad Bateman, and there was a point where Rashad Bateman would beat the brakes off of him every single rep. But over time, you go up against the best on a regular basis like that, and he started to close the gap to the point where his coach was saying, hey, it was basically blow for blow, rep for rep. They were splitting it 50-50 at some, at like once you got towards the end last year. Mm-hmm. And Rashad Bateman was the first round pick. So what does that tell you about the third round pick that they just got in Benjamin St. Juice? So that's what this should be about, playing the best teams that every division has to offer this year, playing the best teams that the, that the AFC Conference and the NFC Conference have to offer should excite this team. And I genuinely believe that with the players they have, I mean, you talk about Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen won't tell you a whole bunch of a lot of things, but one thing he will consistently tell you is that he wants to go up against the best every single week. And he says he plays the best every single week because once you get to the NFL, you're really not playing bad people at some level. But that's the kind of attitudes that they have on this team is that if we're not excited about playing the biggest, baddest team in the NFL or the biggest, baddest team in the AFC, NFC, or whatever division we're facing, then we're not, we're not in this for the right reasons. And I think that that's probably the best thing here is that you have the right coach, you have the right players, you have the right ecosystem to foster that level of confidence that one they can be in the ring with anybody else. And number two, that they can win in the ring with anybody else. And they want to be in that ring. They don't shy away from that competition whatsoever. I think that's one of the best parts about this team. One of the things I'm most excited to see, especially once we get to the first game of the season, because it's going to be, I mean, it's, it's going to be very interesting to watch. It's like Ric Flair always said, to be the best, you got to beat the best. This is true. (laughs) So when, when can we see that uh, article on that story on Benjamin St. Just on the athletic? Ooh, I would like to believe that that would be a this week's story, possibly tomorrow, but it could, we could, I, the thing is, you know me, I am a perfectionist. We could edit it still and then post it as a Monday feature story. That is a possibility as well, too. So it'll be either tomorrow or Monday, but the story is in, my boss and I are going to go over it. Um, and I'm pretty excited about it because again, it goes to a lot of, it goes to a lot of tenants we just talked about, which is these are the kind of guys with the kind of attitudes that they have here and one of the things one of, I'll, I'll share one other thing with you about the story. His yeah. coach was that of, you know, when you're doing drills and practice and you like have a line and like you go up and you know, you and the other person or you and the other people like compete against each other. And then you go to the back of the line. Yeah. 
-hmm. Basically, if Benjamin St. Juice would lose his rep, he wouldn't even wait to go to the back of the line. He's not waiting five reps. He's getting right back at the front of the line. Okay, let's get the taste of my like get, let's get the taste of that out of my mouth immediately. Like let's let's fix this now. So like those are those are the kinds of people, those are the kinds of players that they have brought into the Washington football team ecosystem. These are guys who obviously want to get paid, but more than anything, they want championships. They want to be successful. It's not enough to just win a few games. Ultimately, the goal of playing at this level is to win a Super Bowl, right? Right. That's they, that's what they have in place here. Very cool. Uh, if folks want to follow you on Twitter, Bree, because you tweet a lot, it's at Instant Replay. Correct? Did I get that right? You got it correct. And Instant Replay is R H I play. Little play on my word. I'll play on my name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's uh, a lovely play on your name, if if I do say so myself. Rhiannon Walker of The Athletic, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. We will see you up in Richmond. We can't wait. I will see you down in Richmond. Oh, it's funny because you say up and I say down. I know. I'll, <laughs> I'll see you down in Richmond in a few weeks, Bob. That is a date. We will see you there, Ree. Thanks. And that is going to do it for us, Mick and the Clock on the Wall. So we got to get out of here. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold, including sportsjourney.com website. Talk to you soon. Remember, like the wise man always says, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, you wear white. <laughs>